Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. So we are looking at we are looking at a new subject titled Understanding the New Covenant. Understanding the New Covenant. And the reason why we are treating this topic is that there's so much confusion about the new covenant. Many people don't understand it. They still think the new covenant is as the same as the old covenant. So because of that, there's a lot of imbalance in our teachings. Um, even for us to walk the way God intended us to walk has become, a, 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 has become difficult. Let me put it that way. Has become difficult. New Testament believers living like Old Testament people. And it's important that we take time, we go through scriptures to understand the essence of the New Testament and the essence of the Old Testament. And one of the words I want you to pay attention is that in the New Testament, you will see words like grace, righteousness, and faith. These three words constitute the New Covenant. Grace, righteousness, and faith. They constitute the New Testament. In other words, if you want to understand the New Covenant or the New Testament, these are the words to pay attention to. Praise the Lord. The Old Testament, the Old Testament constitutes words, words like tablet of stones. Words like fought in the covenant, 40 covenant. Words like if. In the Old Testament, you see words like if, 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 a conditional word. For example, in Deuteronomy 28, it says, It shall come to pass, it shall come to pass if. Conditional word. So you will see these words running through the old covenant. Praise the Lord. I want you to bring I want to bring your attention to this. We are laying the foundation today. This Sunday, next Sunday we'll go deeper and deeper. And we'll see if we can finish it within one month. If not, we will take it deeper until we are able to exhaust everything in the new in these teachings. So I would like to begin my reading from John chapter 16, John Gospel chapter 16. Let's open our Bible to John Gospel chapter 16. Hallelujah. John Gospel chapter 16. And let's look at this profound statement that Jesus made. Verse 12 to 14. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot understand them. However, or happy it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of me, 
and shall show it unto you. Praise the Lord. He said, How about when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. He will do what? He will guide you into all truth. Praise the Lord. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot understand them. I want to submit this to you. It's not everything that Jesus needed to say that he said it during his life here on earth. So even if you study the Gospels carefully, it's not everything that Jesus needed to say to us that he said it. There are things that Jesus could not say to us because the Holy Spirit has not been given. It was going to be impossible for us to understand those things. So, the Gospels doesn't give you everything that Jesus needed to say to us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I will also submit to you the Gospels talks about the ministry of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the miracles, the signs and wonders that Jesus did. The gospel doesn't go further to tell you about the resurrection of Jesus. It doesn't go around, it doesn't go to it doesn't go to tell you what Jesus is doing right now. So if you want to know more about Jesus, you will have to study the writings of Paul. So sometimes when you are talking to some religious Christians, let me use the word religious Christians, they will ask you to say, they will ask you questions like, what did Jesus say? Or did Jesus say it? Show me where Jesus said it. There are so many things that Jesus didn't say or couldn't say because we didn't have, there was no capacity for man to receive it. I have so many things to say to you. I have so many things to say to you. But you cannot understand it. Are you getting it? Those so many things that Jesus needed to say to us is what the Holy Ghost said to Paul and to the apostles. So you see that sometimes when you are talking to some Christians, some people, they will tell you that show me the scripture where Jesus said. Show me the scripture where Jesus said. Show me the scripture. How many of you have seen people argue that way? Yep. But Jesus said, there are so many things that I want to say to you, but you cannot understand those things. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we are reading the Bible, we have to be very careful. Other than that, we, you will run into some error. For example, somebody put a comment. When I said, read, uh, uh, I, I made a, a video and I titled it in the, in the likeness of his resurrection that you are a resurrected being, you are crucified with Christ Jesus. He said, He said, prove it. He now went further, then I gave him the, the Romans chapter 6. He said, No. He said, I said, I don't want what Paul said. He said, What Jesus said. Then I said, Well, these are the religious ones. No matter how you try to read them, they won't understand. Jesus said, I have so many things to say to you, but you cannot understand them. Do you think that if Jesus has said, 
he was going to be crucified with us. We were going to resurrect again. You think they would have understood that mystery? No. They wouldn't have understood that. When, when he said, when he spoke about the communion, he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, what happened? He said, they took stones to stone him. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Are you getting it? So, there are things that Jesus didn't say to us in the Gospels that he has said to us in the epistles. Hallelujah. And those are the things that we are going to be looking at. Now, before we go further, so I just wanted to establish that, that there are things that Jesus needed to say to us, but we could not understand. That is why I said, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. Amen. And thank God on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Ghost came and the Holy Ghost through the apostles wrote the letters to the church. Things that Jesus, if Jesus has told us, it was going to be difficult for us to understand. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Things that if the Holy Ghost, if Jesus has told us, it will be difficult for us to do what? To understand. It would have been difficult for us to understand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Let me thank God for the Holy Spirit. Say it loud and clear. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. By the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm able to know the things. That Jesus is saying to me right now. By the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm able to know the things that Jesus is saying to me right now. Hallelujah. Alright. Let's go to the New Testament. So I just wanted to establish this point. That not everything that Jesus needed to say to you and I, he said it in the Gospels. You have to check the epistles to find those things. The Holy Ghost spoke those things through Paul. And then through the writings of other Apostles. Praise the Lord. Alright. In Exodus chapter 19, we are laying the foundation today. Exodus chapter 19. Look at the old covenant carefully. In Exodus chapter 19. Praise the Lord. Verse 7 to 8. Exodus 19, 7 to 8. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. All that, all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Now, when the Lord was about to give them the covenant, the old covenant, when the old covenant was about to be put into place, was about to be instituted, the Lord spoke to Moses about this covenant. And Moses came and told the children of Israel. And they said, whatever the Lord has said, we will do. Does it strike you? Does that statement strike you? Now, how many of you can say that everything the Lord says for me to do, I will do it. Lord, I will obey you. I will do your will. I will do whatever you want me. How many of you will say that? Is there something wrong with that statement? Is there something wrong with that statement? 
Is that statement good? Is it a righteous statement? Is it a boastful statement? Is it a statement that pleases the Lord? All that the Lord has said, we will what? We will do it. Hold your thoughts. Let me show you another place where they make that confession. Praise the Lord. Exodus 24. Please make sure you are, you are looking into your Bible. Don't be shopping your phones. Don't be texting. Don't be chatting with friends. This is your life. Those people you are communicating with, they don't know what is going inside you. They don't know the pains you are suffering. They, will, they can't take your pains. They can't take your shame. They can't take your reproach. Although one person has done it, his name is who? Jesus of Nazareth. So stay focused. Pay attention to the ways of life. Ways that will transform you. That will set you free from every bondage. From every captivity. Praise the Lord. Alright. Exodus 24. Are you there? Verse 3. And Moses came and told the people. And told the people all the words of the Lord. And all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice. And said all the words which the Lord has said. What did they say over there? We will what? We will do. The question is, were they able to do all that the Lord has told them? No. Were they able to do it? No. They were not. They were not. That is one of the mysteries of the old covenant. The old covenant was given so that man would do. The old covenant was given so that man would do what? Man would do. The old covenant was given for man to use his will to do. And the will of man is incapable. The will of man doesn't have the capacity to do the will of God. A man who is not regenerated, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, doesn't have the capacity to do the will of God. If man could do the will of God by the Lord, by the old covenant, you see, there will not be need for the new covenant, there will not be the need for Jesus to come. You will see that everybody will be doing the law, everybody will be obeying the law. But that is not the case. That is not what? That is not the case. Man is not capable of doing the will of God except by the help of the Spirit of Christ in that man. Praise the Lord. All right. Let me show you one other thing. Exodus 34. Exodus 34. Verse 1. Exodus 34, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Cut these two tablets of stones like unto the first. Now, you will notice that Moses, when he went to receive the commandments, as he was receiving the commandments, the people began to commit sin. They began to commit adultery. They began to make images. They said, Aaron should make them image, an image of that they should worship. And they said, this is the image that brought us out of Egypt. They said that to Aaron, and Aaron did that. So when Moses was coming down, and Moses saw the people bowing down to an image, worshiping an image, what happened? Moses broke the tablet where the words of the covenant was written. Moses did what? Broke it. It was very significant. It was, it was a lesson. It was something for us to learn how incapable the old covenant is. Moses broke it. Now listen carefully. Let me draw your attention to this verse. So, God told Moses to cut two, ta two tablets of stone like unto the first. 
And I will write upon these tablets the words that were in the first tablets which thou hast broken. He said, I will write the words on what? On the tablets of stone. I will write the words in the tablets of stone. That is how helpless the old covenant. The old covenant was written on tablets of stone. So it has no power to effect a change in the heart of a man. It has no what? It has no power to effect a change in the heart of a man. So that is why even if we allow the Ten Commandments to remain in our schools, it has no power to make our children to live righteous, holy lives. Amen? So those who are still fighting for the Old Testament, for uh, Old Testament to all the commandments to be put back in schools, it will work. Because these commandments were in schools many years before they were taken. And in all those years, people were still acting bad, People were still breaking the Ten Commandments. People were still sinning. People were still walking away from God. It never brought the fear of God unto anyone. Amen? Hallelujah. The reason is that it was written on stones. It was written on stones. It has no life. It has no what? It has no life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let's Go to the prophecy of the new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah 31. Please pay attention because understanding of the reality of the new covenant frees you from every oppression of the devil. It frees you from religion. It frees you from false teachings. It frees you from people who are still using, mixing the old and the new covenant. Some preachers in so many places, they are mixing the old covenant and the new covenant. And Jesus said that if you put new wine in an old wine skin, what will happen? It will burst. It will break. New wine must be put in a what? In a new bottle. In a new, in a new bottle. New wine must be put in a new wine skin. Hallelujah. It's like, for example, let's say a mechanic. How many of you have seen mechanics after they finish work? That the mechanic now goes straight and takes his nice suit and put it on his mechanic clothes. Abba. No matter how he tries to hide, people will know that he's smelling what? Oil, smelling all kinds of things. So that is what, that is, what is happening in the body of Christ. Men and women are still wearing old clothes. Then they want to put the new cloth on. It won't work. It won't work. You have old wine. Then you are mixing the old with the new wine. He said the pot will break. Hallelujah. So that is why we need to go back and learn this is, and understand these principles. And let, let me tell, that is the reason why there is so much suffering in Christianity. That's the reason why there's so much poverty in Christianity. There's so much sickness and disease in Christianity because they are, the New Testament believers are wearing old clothes then they put on the new ones. So they are smelling foul odors. They can't produce the fragrance of Christ Jesus. They can't produce what? The fragrance of Christ Jesus. 
Because they have not understood that the old covenant has been done away with. They need to put on the garments of what? The new covenant. They need to put on the garments of the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And God is putting you, God is putting upon you that garment in the name of Jesus Christ. God is putting upon you the garment of the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. And please pay attention to these words. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the best time says the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by their hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant the, the break, although I was an husband unto them, says the Lord. Now, please underline the word, I was an husband unto them. Now, one of the, one of the things I've noticed that when we are teaching the new covenant, we almost try to forget this word that was prophesied by Jeremiah. I was an husband unto them. I was an husband unto them. Please pay attention, I'm going to come back to that word. It's a very mysterious, profound word. Praise the Lord. God was what to them? And husband. Well, what was this supposed to be to God? Wife. Is that not it? So, have you seen the connection in Ephesians chapter 5? He said, we are the bride. He is the bridegroom. Is that not it? Please hold that thought. Because that's what we'll be concluding our series, our teachings today. Hallelujah. If you don't get excited when we are when we come to that place, there's something I will need to do deliverance on you. <laughs> Amen. If you don't get excited when we come to that level, when we come to that point, then we need to do some serious casting out, breaking, and planting the word of God inside you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Alright. So even though I was a husband unto them. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with them. After those they said, right, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. Now, do you notice that the old covenant was written on stones? The new covenant is written in our hearts, in our innermost being. Do you see the difference? Hallelujah. The new covenant is written where is written in our innermost being, in what past, in our hearts, and in our minds. So the new covenant has the power to transform the heart of a man. Let me share this testimony. I was reading to Andrew, Andrew Omar, and he said, a woman many years ago was sentenced to life in prison, either life in prison or sentenced to death. And then, once in the prison, she became born again. But what happened was that before that, she was put into solitary confinement. She can't go out, she can't play, she can't say anything. One spot, day and night. Day and night. Now, she heard a man of God preach, and when she understood the reality of the new covenant, she wrote to the man of God and she said this was, 
He said, no, I have a purpose to live for. Uh, no, in, in, in prison, no. Somebody who is in prison, maximum security, says that she now has a purpose to what? And yet, we have people that are walking up and down, no chains on their hands, they are not confined, they are not in hospitals, they are not, yet they don't understand the will of God. They have no purpose in life. They are the dead among the living. Somebody in maximum prison discovered the will of God, the purpose of God for their lives. And yet we have so many that are not in prison, yet they don't know the will of God for their lives. What a shame. What a shame. That a prisoner could discover the will of God for their lives. Hallelujah. Alright. So here, the New Testament according to this prophecy, will be written in our inner past. It will be written in our hearts. And then the next scripture says, the next verse says that, I will put the law in their inner past, write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Look at verse 24. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. Every man his brother saying, know the Lord. Please underline the word, know the Lord. Know the Lord. So underline the word, know the Lord, underline the word, a husband unto them. A husband unto them. Underline those two words. Know the Lord, a husband unto them. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me? Hallelujah. For they shall all know me, from the least of them, unto the greatest of them. See the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. This will be, we will leave this part for the end of the series. I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sins no more. I will leave that part for the ending of this series. That is where I'm going to dwell in. Praise the Lord. All right. Jeremiah 32. Verse 36. Because of time, I'm just going to let's start from verse 38. Because of time. And they shall be my people and I'll be their God. I will give them one heart. I will give them what? One heart. And one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant. Say with me, everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Everlasting covenant with them. That I will not turn away from them to do them good. But I will put my fear in their heart. That they shall not depart from me. So the new covenant according to prophecy. Is an everlasting covenant. That plants the fear of God in you. So the moment you understand the new covenant. Nobody will encourage you to fear God. Nobody will encourage you to walk in the fear of God. The new covenant, which is an everlasting covenant, plus puts inside you automatically, causes you to walk in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not fearing God that God will kill you. God is going to smack your head when you do something wrong. No. The fear of reverencing Him, holding God in high esteem, esteeming God, 
and his word, esteeming the Lord Jesus Christ more than the riches of this world, esteeming the Lord Jesus Christ more than your, necess- your necessary food, esteeming the Lord Jesus Christ above your career, above your business, above any other thing, making Jesus Christ your number one priority. That is what the fear of God is. Hallelujah. That is what that is what the fear of God is. Esteeming Jesus and his words more than any other thing. Holding the words of Jesus Christ. Esteeming those words. Holding those words. Making those words your number one priority. That is, this is the most important thing. Christ Jesus and his word more important than your husband, your wife, your children, your job, your career, your ministry, your fame, your finances, more important to you than any other thing. That is what the fear of God is. That is what the fear of God. What was presented to us as the fear of God was a wrong presentation. It was a wrong word. It was a wrong presentation. It was a wrong presentation. Hallelujah. I will put my fear in their house that they shall not depart from me. Praise the Lord. Then verse 41 says, I will rejoice over them to do them good. Hallelujah. The Lord is rejoicing over you. Take me, the Lord is rejoicing over me. To do me good forever. Oh, let's say, the Lord is rejoicing over me. To do me good forever. The Lord is rejoicing over me. To do me good forever. Uh, so goodness and mercies is forever your portion. Hallelujah. Receive it in Jesus' name. Goodness and mercies is forever your portion. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Then the, the next emphasis, I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. Praise the Lord. All right, Jeremiah 24. Jeremiah 24. Remember, Jeremiah 31 talks about writing the law in our heart. Is that not it? Look at Jeremiah 24. Verse 7. Hallelujah. I will give them a heart to know me. And the land that way, a heart to know God. Save me, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I receive a heart to know you. Oh, say it loud and say, Father, I receive a heart to know you. I receive a heart to know you from this day. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, give our children a heart to know you. Oh, say it loud and say, Father, give our children a heart to know you. Give our loved ones a heart to know you. Give all our relatives, all our brothers and sisters, our parents, our mothers, give them a heart to know you. Please underline that statement in your Bible. Paint it. If you have a marker, mark it. A heart to know you. So you will see a heart to know God. They shall all know me and a husband unto them. I will explain that later. Praise the Lord. But one of your prayers should be, Lord, I need a heart to know you. Which in the New Testament, you have already given us that heart. Amen. But you can still pray that prayer. Praise the Lord. All right. 
<laughs> Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. Let's see what the things Jesus would have said to us that we couldn't understand. In Hebrews chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Verse 7 to 11. I'm going to be fast. For if the first covenant has been faultless, there should be no place. There should, there should no place have been sought for the second. Finding forth with them, he said, Behold, the death come and said the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them by their hands to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not says the Lord. Did you notice that here Paul did not quote the husband part? Did you notice that? Did you notice that the husband part was not quoted, even though I was an husband to them? I'll tell you why. Praise the Lord. That is if you wait for another one hour. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the same the house of Israel. After the serious. This is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those that say the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their house. So in the new covenant, the word is written in your mind and in your heart. These are the most important factors of your being. The most important, important factors of your being is your mind and your heart. Your mind, which is your soul, and your heart, which is your spirit. The new covenant is written. The words of Jesus Christ is imprinted in your spirit and in your mind. This is what the Lord is saying to them. This is what the, the Lord is saying to them. No, Jesus couldn't have said this to his disciples. He couldn't have said this when he was here on earth. Because they wouldn't have understood it. They wouldn't have understood it. So when the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost opened the eyes of Paul that this is what was prophesied concerning the new covenant which Jesus Christ came to rectify, which Jesus Christ came to consummate. Hallelujah. That his words will be written in our minds. His words will be written in our hearts. That we are able to know the Father. We are able to worship him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Verse 11, they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least to the greatest. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let me say this. The essence of the new covenant was to know the Father. Intimately. The essence of the new covenant was to know the Father in the level of a husband and a wife. That was the essence of the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When we talk about the knowledge of God, we are talking about intimacy with God. We are talking about intimacy with the Father. We are talking about what? Intimacy with the Father. We are not talking about cramming scriptures. We are talking about the knowledge of God. Here, when he told them in Jeremiah that they will know me. Jeremiah 24, I will give them a heart to know me. Jeremiah 
two, a heart to know me. Jeremiah 31, a heart to know me. He was talking about a heart where they will have intimacy with him. The knowledge of intimacy. It was the knowledge of intimacy. That's why he said, even though I was a husband to them. Did you see that? Did you notice Jeremiah 31? I, I told it to Mark that well. Even though I was a husband to them, they couldn't know the Lord in the, in the form of intimacy. Praise the Lord. They couldn't know him that way. They could not know the Lord that way. That is why they were breaking. That is why the covenant was broken. So, you see, Exodus chapter 70, where we read first. Exodus 24. You saw that the covenant broke. The old covenant broke. God was signifying the fault of that covenant. Even though he be a husband, the wife would not understand. The wife would keep breaking the covenant. That is why Israel could not keep it. Israel could not keep the old covenant. They couldn't keep the law. It was written on stones, not in their heart. They couldn't have intimacy with the Father because it was written on stones, not in their heart. Hallelujah. The old covenant was written on stones. It cannot provide life. If you want, let, me say, let me say boldly. The Ten Commandments cannot provide life. Period. It cannot. It was written on stones. It wasn't written in the minds of the people. It wasn't written in their hearts. It was written on stones. So anybody trying to keep the Ten Commandments thinking that to provide life, you can keep it to pretend to tell people that you are living a righteous life, but inside your heart, you they are full of adultery, stealing, cheating, lying, all kinds of evil things going inside them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why the old covenant was 40. It was 40 because it was written on stones. The old covenant was, was 40 because it was written on what? It was written on stones, not in their minds, not in their hearts. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, we are still preaching that to men. To men that the word of God supposed to be written in their minds. And in their heart, we are still preaching that to them. A 40 covenant. That is, what, that is what the Holy Spirit said here. If the old covenant didn't have any fault, then the new wouldn't have come. Hallelujah. <laughs> verse 7. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. For if that first covenant has been faultless, there should no place have been sought for the second. Right from the inception of the old covenant, we saw the fault in it. It was written on stones, not in their minds, not in their heart. Secondly, the first one that was written, Moses broke it to tell you how helpless that covenant is. But this everlasting covenant is written in your heart, is written in your mind. So that you will know God. You will do what? You will know God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new covenant is written in your mind. The new covenant is written in your heart. So that you will know God as a man will know his wife. If that is graphic for you enough, you can take it home. 
Hallelujah. Did you see that? Did you see that? That is what the that is what devils are looking for bodies to possess. That's what devils are looking for bodies to possess. The new covenant was written or is written in the mind and in the heart for us to know God like a man would know his wife. We have to have intimacy with the Father. That is the truth. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are told in Acts chapter 753 that it was angels that provided the old covenant. <laughs> it has no life in it. Because of time, let's go to John chapter 17. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God so loved the world, he gave his love because of son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when we talk about everlasting life, we talk about eternal life. Most people, their mind goes to when they leave this earth. When they leave this earth. See that word in Jeremiah, in the covenant, that they will know me. They will know me. That word, they will know me, is what we call eternal life. I will make a new covenant with them. I will write this covenant in their heart. I will write it in their mind. So that they will know me. So that they will have eternal life. To know God. To have eternal life is to know God. Let me put it that way. To have eternal life is to do what? To know God. To have eternal life is to know God in an intimate way. To have eternal life is to know God in an intimate way. That is what it means. Hallelujah. Alright, let's go to John chapter 17. Our time is up. Uh, but we will, we will just add 10 more minutes because, because of the technicalities we have. John chapter 17. This is the prayer of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, so, so if the New Testament Christian... Now, do you, do you remember John chapter 4? When the Samaritan woman told Jesus that we worship in this mountain, but he said that in Jerusalem we shall worship. And Jesus said, a time is coming, you will never worship in this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, for the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Amen? You see, the worshiper of the Father is what we call the knowledge of the Father. And it is what we call eternal life. Hallelujah. It's what we call what? Eternal life. Knowing the Father is having an intimate relationship with Him. That is what we call eternal life. Hallelujah. And it is only the new covenant that provided it. The old covenant could not provide that. They couldn't know God. 
They could not know him. They could not have an intimate relationship with him. They couldn't have intimacy with him. Under the old covenant, there was nothing like intimacy. So if we are still preaching the old covenant, majority of Christians will not be able to have intimate relationship with God. Their Christian foundation will be faulty. They can't stand. They can't know God as through God. In the door of battle, they will be found wanting. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John chapter 17. Look at the prayer of Jesus. John 17. Look at the prayer of Jesus. 1 to 3. This was Jesus. Spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. Now look at the next sentence. That he should give eternal life to as many that thou hast given him. He should give what? Eternal life. Hallelujah. Mark that word. Now look at verse 3. And this is eternal life. Hallelujah. This is what? Eternal life. That they may do what? Know thee. So eternal life is knowing God in an intimate way. Eternal life is what? Knowing God in an intimate way. Knowing God in, a, in the way a husband will know his wife. That is what we call eternal life. Eternal life is not waiting to go to heaven. Eternal life is not waiting to go to heaven. The life that, yes, it is part of it, but here on earth, eternal life. If you are born again, you have eternal life. And that life means that you know God in an intimate way. You know the Father in an in intimate way. That is the essence of the new covenant. For us to know the Father in an intimate way. To know the Father as a husband will know his wife. Praise the Lord. The essence of the new covenant is what? To know the Father as a husband will know his wife. That is the essence of the new covenant. That is the essence of the new covenant. Hallelujah. I don't know if this makes any sense to you. He said, verse 2, and God has given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And Jesus said, this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I, I, I see that, that they will know the Father, and they will know Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So what is eternal life? Eternal life is having an intimate relationship with the Father and with our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! What is eternal life? Is having an intimate relationship with the Father and with our Lord Jesus Christ. What is eternal life? Having an intimate relationship with the Father and with our Lord Jesus Christ. What is eternal life? Having an intimate relationship with the Father and with our Lord Jesus Christ. See, so you will see that your worship will no longer be mechanical. Hallelujah. Your worship will no longer be burdensome. Your heart will not be heavy when the mission church, when the mission Bible studies, when the mission let's go to church, let's pray, let's worship, let's do this. Your heart will be yearning. 
your heart will be drawn to him. He, he, he's drawing your heart. He's drawing your heart. Like Psalms, uh, Psalms of Solomon. He's constantly drawing you. The Father is constantly drawing you to know him. Drawing you to know him. That's why Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. I will draw all men to myself. The essence of the new covenant is the Father drawing your heart into his heart. The essence of the new covenant is heart to heart. It's heart to heart. I will give you a heart to know me. It's heart to heart. The essence of the new covenant is what? It's heart to heart relationship. Heart to heart knowledge. Knowing God with your heart. Knowing God. Not with your head. Oh, not with your head. Don't trust your head. Knowing God with your heart. It's heart to heart. Heart to heart. Heart to heart. Hallelujah. I, I, I think maybe this can be better expressed in speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The New Testament is knowing God what? Heart to heart. And in the New Covenant, it is not you struggling to know Him. It is He, your husband, drawing you into His chambers. Hallelujah. It is Him doing what? Your husband drawing you into His chambers. Drawing you into intimacy. Drawing you into intimacy. In the old covenant, they could, he couldn't do that because his word was not written in their mind. It wasn't written in their heart. He has no access to their minds. He has no access to their heart. But in the new covenant, he has access to your mind. He has access to your heart. That is why he's drawing you. My beloved, come into my chambers. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor and I will be and I'll give you rest. That is why the woman that everybody thought she was a sinner. She was a sinner in I think a look. Is it Luke 13? Everybody thought she was a sinner in that city. When she came to Jesus, Jesus could not ask her to go. Jesus drew her. The love of Jesus drew, drew her into the presence of Jesus. The love of Jesus did what? Drew her into the love of Jesus. The prodigal son. The, the, the son was far off. The father saw him afar off. The father did what? The father saw him. Before the prodigal son could confess, the father said, let's give him a change of garment. A change of garment. That's the power of the father's love. That's the power of the father's love. And that is eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God as a man would know his wife. Please take this home. Don't struggle with your Christian life. Understand what the New Testament entails. Understand the power of this new covenant that we are living in. Are you getting it? So if it is a heart to heart, where's the commandment again? That shall not. That shall not. No, 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 no. He is in love with us. That is why the only commandment he gave us is to love one another. As he has loved us. Did you see that? That's what that is the only that's why he gave us that commandment. So in the old in the in the new covenant, trying to keep that shall not, that shall not, that shall not. You are wearing an old garment, putting on a new one. You will smell badly. The order you will be far away. Nobody will desire your presence. Hallelujah. 
And this is life eternal, that they may know you, the Holy True God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Hallelujah. Go with me to that same John chapter 17, verse 21 to 23. 21 to 23. That all that they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. They also may be one, one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. He said, and, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Even as we are one, that they may be one. Verse 23. Are in them intimacy. Are in them intimacy. Intimate knowledge. Intimate what? Knowledge. Not carnal knowledge. Intimate knowledge. Are in them and thou in me. That they may be made perfect in one. That is holiness. That is what? That is talking about holiness. That they may be made perfect in one. So understanding the life that you have received as a New Testament believer makes you holy. Makes you holy. Understanding the life you have received as a New Testament believer makes you holy. Not keeping a bunch of rules and regulations. Praise the Lord. And that the, the world may know that that has sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Did you see that? Have loved them as thou hast loved me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Do you have eternal life? Amen. Now, if I ask you a question, do you know God? Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Do you know God? So, if somebody, if I ask you, do you know God? I'm not saying. Have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that do you have an intimate relationship with the Father? Do you have an intimate knowledge with the Father? Do you have an intimate knowledge of the Father? Do you have an intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ? That is what I mean. Do you have an intimate knowledge of the Father? Do you have an intimate knowledge of the Son, Jesus Christ? This is life eternal. That they may know me. So if you look at the old covenant because they didn't know Jesus, they didn't know the Father this way, they were running after other gods. They were running after other gods because the covenant given to them wasn't written in their minds, wasn't written in their heart. The Father could not draw them. The Father could not draw them. So there was the need for the covenant to be changed so that the Father could draw you in, could draw you in, could draw you in. That is what a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. So in the new covenant, it is the Father drawing you to his heart, into his beloved. The Father drawing you into his chambers. Hallelujah. The Father drawing you. Now, okay. Let's just prove it. Hebrews chapter 10. <laughs> and then we'll be Hebrews chapter 10. That we'll, we'll continue next week. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10. Quick. Hebrews 10. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 10. Look at the new covenant. Look at how the new covenant was laid out in Hebrews chapter 10. 
verse 16. This is the new covenant I will make with you after those days, says the Lord. I will put my words in their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them so that they will know me. Their sins and iniquities I will not remember. Verse 18. Where, where and where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore bread and boldness to enter into the holiest. To enter where? Okay. After the law has been written in your heart and in your mind, what is the next thing to enter? Into the holiest. Is that not it? The next thing to enter is where? Your, your dwelling place becomes what? The holiest of all. So as a New Testament believer, you should not be encouraged to live a holy life. Holiness should be your habitation. Holiness should be what? Your habitation. As a New Testament Christian, your, your habitation is holiness. Your habitation is the holiest of all. That is your habitation. That is your dwelling place. Let us have boldness. Hallelujah. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. To enter into the holiest. To enter into the holiest. This is where intimacy takes place. In the holy place. In the secret place. Hallelujah. Have we forgotten Psalms 91? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. He that dwelleth in the holiest of all. A thousand will fall at his side. Ten thousand at his right hand. It will not come near him. He that dwells in the holiest of all. With long life, that man will be satisfied. That woman will be satisfied. And he will see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. He that dwells in the holiest of all, which is the secret place, he will not be afraid of the pestilence. He will not be afraid of the terror. He will not be afraid of demonic activities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms 91 is a picture of we dwelling in the holiest of all. Psalms 91 is a what? Is a picture, a picture of us dwelling in the holiest of all. He said, come with boldness. Come with boldness. Come knowing that all your sins are forgiven. Come knowing that he is in love with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh man, we are just starting now. I was just about to start my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is the difference between the new covenant and the old covenant? The old covenant was not written in their minds and in their hearts. It was written on stones that could not provide life. The new covenant is written in your mind and in your heart, causing the Father to draw you into the holiest of all. Causing the Father to do what? To draw you into the holiest of all. The new covenant is written in your mind and in your heart, causing the Father to draw you into his heart. To draw you into the holiness of all. For you to remain there. For you to abide there forever. So that a thousand will be falling at your side constantly. So that you will not be afraid of the pestilence. You will not be afraid, afraid of the terror. You will not be afraid of the diseases. All that is going on in the world. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Rise your feet with me. Give him thanks. Hallelujah. Give him thanks, hallelujah. The Father is drawing you right now. The, the Father is drawing you right now. The Father is drawing you. Lift up your voice. The Father is calling you. 
The Father is calling you. The Father is calling you. 